You know, I, I think that would be pretty good. I think we should all start uh, OnlyFan pages. I think that'd be really good. I don't know if you want to monetize this body, but it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Connor, you wouldn't get any money. They would actually charge you to be on their website. <laughs> I t- take it from all sides tonight. <laughs> That's what you'd be Before doing on OnlyFans. <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> I thought I teed it up pretty well for you there, Matt. Nice job. <laughs> we have a rapport. <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll get started. We are Fantasy Football's Finest, and uh, today uh, I am joined by Matt, Connor, and Ted. How are you guys doing? Great. Excellent. Nice. Yeah, we're all uh, all quarantined up here, but uh, we're ready to go. Give this thing a shot and uh, see what happens. So today, we're uh, the idea behind today's episode is that we're going to be going over a, a live mock draft and uh, kind of giving analysis, who's available, who you should be targeting at each pick, and uh, you know we'll kind of go from there. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, first things, let's talk about some news. Uh, Matt, we'll start with you. Jordan Love just got signed to a fully guaranteed nearly $20 million contract with $6.5 million as a signing bonus. What's your early take on that? Um, I mean, $20 million over how many years for rookie deals seems commensurate with uh, with other rookie deals uh, for first-round picks. Um, And we were just talking before we came on air that I I didn't realize that most – uh, rookie contracts in the first round were get were fully guaranteed. Um, so at first I was kind of thinking, well, is this does can you like look into this and say does this mean he's going to start any earlier that, than you know than what the Packers are saying? Um, and I think it's it, you, you can't read between the lines on, on this. There, there's nothing to there's nothing to gather. Um, I think they just gave him the, a guaranteed contract because they they like his they they like his potential. Um, he's a good player. They want to reward him. Um, and they might also anticipate him having a rough time if there is a transition. Maybe that, maybe that's one, um, you know, that, that, that's one aspect of this. Yeah. Does anybody know what Aaron Rodgers' contract is like per year? How much, how much he's getting paid? It's over thirty million dollars a year. Yeah. Per, year. Like per year. Per year. Okay. Thirty-three. And, yeah. and and Love is getting how much? Was twenty over how many? Four. Twenty over four. Okay. So, yeah, so is is, is um, Love also getting a stimulus check? <laughs> I, just, I don't think you know, so how's he gonna make it week to week <laughs> anyway yeah, all right. Right. well after taxes i mean really yeah, uh, well. five million is really only two and a half 2.75 yeah. you know, is, is five million for like a late round first pick i mean does it depend on the position in your in the uh that you play uh for first round picks or is it really just based on where the the place that you were drafted at yeah, I thought it was all uh, a set pay scale. Yeah. After the Sam Bradford thing when they were paying him like $35 million or whatever as a rookie, and they said, this is ridiculous. Sam Bradford does not deserve this much money. Imagine that locker room. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Veteran like linebackers like this mother. Yeah, well, it's just setting players up to fail when you pay them that much money because players, I mean, they, they care about that stuff. And, you know, with that much money comes a lot of expectations. So it was just like, what, you know, what, what, uh, what, what kind of a position was that for Sam Bradford to walk into? Yeah, and for 21-year-old rookies too. Yeah. It's, it's different than, uh, than your established veteran quarterback. 
Right. Now, Ted, you got $30 million guaranteed when you came out of college, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Nielsen company was very benevolent with their initial <laughs> offer. Uh, $15 million came in the form of a signing bonus. Uh, so well, I lowered clever. my cap hit, but you know, I got the money up front and I was able to invest it. Uh, it was a depreciated market in 2010, so it really took off. Are you looking to adopt? <laughs> adopt it adopt you <laughs> yeah no seriously i'm it's, it's, i'm available connor wearing a soccer jersey to a football podcast <laughs> i thought it was on costume. brand and um when <laughs> yeah. you you know success is so seldom you celebrate it at every turn um anyway i, I don't want to digress too much go ahead well to be fair we didn't clarify that it was american football so that's right Sports are back. That's all I care. I'm betting my ass off. Money I don't have. It's fine. We beat Chelsea today. Everything's good, and I covered, so we're, we're fine. Wow, soccer is actually going on right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That shows how, like, that is perfectly on brand for Mike right there. It shows how much he's tuned into NFL Network and only NFL Network. And I can appreciate it. That's Passion. pretty much it. All right. Uh, another topic. We got Cam Newton signing with the Patriots, which is pretty big. Um, I generally like to play devil's advocate. Uh, I mean, he's coming off two pretty big injuries, Liz Frank in the foot and uh, shoulder injury. Then again, he is going to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. It's going to be interesting to see um, Bill Belichick has, he's been known as a defensive minded coach and he's adapted his defense over time, you know, starting off with a three, four defense with guys like Mike Vrabel and Willa McGinnis. And then you really kind of saw him transition to a four, three defense and now into more of a hybrid. Now you really kind of haven't seen that on the offensive side, because it's pretty much been the same system, you know, for 20 plus years, it seems. And, uh, they're, they're bringing in a mobile quarterback, even though I don't believe cam at this point in his career should be a run first quarterback which he wasn't always, um, but it was always a good option for him. Uh, I guess I'll leave it up to you guys. Uh, Ted, why don't we start with you? How, how do you think Cam Newton will fit into the offense, and, or do you think that they will build a new offense around him? Uh, the whole thing is is very yawn to me because, like, of course, the Patriots got Cam Newton. Uh, I have this, like, terrifying suspicion that he's going to thrive, and I do think that they will work the offense to his liking i think uh josh mcdaniels uh he's the offensive coordinator right (laughs) yeah i I thought so uh he's like i mean he he works schemes he won with garoppolo he won with Brissett, like or or maybe he wasn't the coach at the time but like i don't know the guy knows what he's doing parcells (laughs) the parcells tree uh trickles down strong um in this group and whatever the patriots are going to be 14 and two it's yeah, I am really excited about it. You know, I guess I don't have to worry about them being a Packer fan. They're in a different conference. Um, so it might be different if you're a fan of an AFC team. And this is just, you know, the Patriots reloading at this point. But as a football fan, it's like it's such a perfect fit because Josh McDaniels um, and Bill Belichick uh, have been able to cater offenses to what their personnel is. Um, I mean, you saw them in that Rams Super Bowl. They, they were a run first team. And at points during that season, um, they were a spread them out offense kind of team. And then over the history of Josh McDaniels uh, and Bill Belichick's careers, um, they had like the, they had Randy Moss scored a record amount of touchdowns. Uh, one year, one year they ran two or a couple years, they ran two tight ends until one of the tight ends uh, killed everybody. 
so like they like they are able to adapt to what their personnel is and they'll be able to figure out i mean cam newton is such an exceptional athlete um that if he's healthy and then i guess that's the big if if he's healthy they'll they'll figure it out i think the running attack could, it could rival baltimore's uh baltimore's last year uh this year for the for the patriots because you have sony michelle and james white um and now cam newton uh, you know, you watch all like the highlights that are coming up, everybody talking about Cam Newton. I mean, he like, he's so big. And the reason why it takes so much contact is because it takes like five guys to bring him down. And he's always leaning forward. He's always initiating uh, contact. Um, but so I don't know, I, I think I've always been a, a Cam Newton believer in that he was, uh, he was injured the last two years. And then, uh, you know, he had basically the year off last year. So maybe he's, uh, maybe he's recovered. Um, and you have to think that a smart coach like Josh McDaniels is going to be able to figure out a way to protect him. Um, so maybe fewer runs um, or just, I don't, I don't know, they'll, they'll scheme a way to do it. The last thing I'll say is that, you know, Tom Brady is like the king of one yard touchdown runs and quarterback sneaks and Cam Newton is built for that. So maybe from a fantasy fantasy perspective, you could look at that too. Yeah. I don't think there's a better coach as far as um, working with, personnel or like catering an offense or a defense uh, or a scheme um, to his personnel than Belichick. I just, I'm a little bit more um, like wait and see on this just because I'd like to see Newton be healthy for a year and focused and motivated and not like more interested in what his wardrobe is looking like um, as opposed to like the product on the field. Um, that being said, a lot of great football minds up in uh, uh, you know, Foxborough. So it seems like they're going to be good again. And what's more fun than a great Patriots team. Okay. Like it, yeah, could, and it could go one of two, like it could go any number of ways, right? Like Cam can get hurt again, or Cam can have like an average, like bounce back season and the Patriots, you know, uh, you know, towards the second half of last season, we saw that they weren't as talented as everybody thought they were. So maybe it's just a middling season for them, but you could just as easily see Cam Newton winning comeback player of the year and maybe even being NFL MVP. You could also see the Patriots cutting them. They only signed them for seven and a half million dollars. That wouldn't totally shock me to say like, hey, we thought this was worth the value to, to give them a shot, uh, but we want to go with Stidham instead. Like, there's just such a host of options that, that can happen at this point. So yeah, it is. It is probably a little bit too early to project how, how, how well he's going to do. And, and that's the other thing. I mean, Bill Belichick has never been one outside of maybe Tom Brady no one is guaranteed a starting job on that roster, right? So do we even, I mean, obviously it's Cam Newton. He's a former MVP. He's a Heisman winner. He won a national championship. I mean, the, the guy is, he really is Superman when, when you think about it. Um, but is there a chance that Cam Newton doesn't win the starting position in camp? I mean. Zero percent, I think. Unless he like throws out his knee. Yeah. Yeah, unless injury gets in the way. He's just such a superior athlete. And it's just yeah. it's injuries that have that have caused the issues for him over the last couple of years, and like let's not forget that like the guys that he's been throwing to in Carolina have not been like you talk about Aaron Rodgers not having options. Devin Funchess was his number one receiver for have se Kelvin for Benjamin, and he had Steve Smith Senior for a, a long good time chunk. ago. Greg oh, Olson when he was yeah. healthy a long time ago. Greg o Greg Olson had also had uh, injury concerns and Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, where is he now? No, no he's, he's a tub. He's like Jamarcus Russell. Russell. He Did he have Moose and Muhammad? Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I think that predated him. Yeah. yeah. 
then I was gonna say there's no excuses, but motion, <laughs> <laughs> Mohammed. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the the thing where where Cam is now in the Patriots, they have a phenomenal offense. I mean, excuse me, phenomenal defense. And when Cam and the Panthers went to the Super Bowl, they did have that powerhouse of a defense there in Carolina. And he was able, they created a lot of opportunities for him to score on the offensive side of the ball, which is what the New England defense brings to the table. You know, they led the league in takeaways last year, or they were second, I can't exactly remember. But at least in the first eight weeks of the season, those guys were lighting up the scoreboards. And for me personally, as a, as a fantasy defense, that was very awesome having your defense score 30 plus points a game. But so Cam Newton will potentially have plenty of opportunities, but the real question becomes, who is he really going to throw to? Julian Edelman is still there. Muhammad Sanu is a proven wide receiver, as we've seen. The tight end position is vacant. There's really no one there. So they're going to have to run the ball. Their offensive line is not built to pass protect. Uh, we saw Tom Brady last year against the Blitz had the lowest completion percentage out of any quarterback, uh, which just showed you he was getting hit a lot, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, but he also didn't have the weapons or the receivers with the know-how with the multiple option routes that they run there in new England to, you know, get things rolling. So cam could struggle and he could get hit early on and coming into this late, like he probably doesn't even have the playbook yet. And training camps going to start in three weeks. A little yeah. behind the eight ball. They drafted two tight ends this year. I mean, tight ends as rookies don't really perform, but you never know. And they drafted into keel Harry last year who was kind of underwhelming but also a rookie so you know he, he could he could make a jump next year but you're right that there are some concerns over uh over the just the personnel on that offense i guess the Kobe question myers shined in the preseason last year and then he didn't even see the field at all yeah um are the now that obviously there's a lot of unknowns about cam newton whether he's gonna end up being the starter there whether he's gonna be able to make the team or, or whatever but just on paper right now if cam newton is the starter are the Bills still the favorites to win that division? They're the hit pick. You, you, you can't count. The, we, we've talked about this in, in previous weeks. You can't count the Patriots out until they're actually out. So it doesn't matter who they have at court, even with Stidham. Like the, the way that Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels has that team going. I, I like the Bills. Don't bet they're young. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. I like the Jets this year. Ooh. No, you don't. <laughs> say that. Hey. You don't say that. Well, we, we know uh we know Darnold's not getting mono again, so he's got that going for him. I guess you could say it's the most intriguing this division has been in a long time because you can make a case for every team. Some are more speculative than others, but there's just a lot of unknowns at this point. Well, yeah. I mean, you can easily talk about the Dolphins and they revamped that entire defense where they have two studs at corner, right? And their defensive line is reworked. You bring in Kyle Van Noy at linebacker. So, and Brian Flores had that, had that defense rolling at the end of last year. Yep. So who knows what can happen there? And you have, um, what's his face? Greg Williams in New York, who he doesn't need any name players. His defense are, is always prepared, prepared, and they're, traditionally do pretty well yeah. and bills they're, they're he, just, he just needs some cash and some access to the players in the locker room and greg uh, feared <laughs> fear defenses <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so 
let's get rolling. Uh, the way that this is going to work, uh, it's going to be rotating between the three of us. Connor will be moderating, keeping us on time. Uh, we'll have one minute for each pick. Uh, that player can then give analysis on who's available and what his options are, uh, what strategy may be if you're picking at one, five, seven, whatever number. Uh, and then we'll go from there. So, uh, Matt, you have the first overall pick, so you're on the clock. Hold okay. on. Wait, wait, wait. He's almost on the clock. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and wait, hold on. Before we start, I was hoping yes. you guys could help me with something because I don't remember. Uh, are there or are there not laws when you're drinking the claws? I, um, I guess it depends on the jurisdiction. New York. <laughs> um, then no, there's no laws. There, there are no laws. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'll trade you the third pick for the first pick. Okay. <laughs> right. Straight um, up, let's do it. <laughs> Good trade. By the way, what yeah. flavor claw do you have there, Ted? Uh, it's a raspberry, but not by choice. It was what was left. Ah, uh, okay. I would, I would take a citrus all day. And, and mm. Diaz, what are you, uh, what are you sipping on, though? Uh, this is a Tanqueray 10 and club soda. Gin and water. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. And yeah. and Spice Matt, are you just abstaining or? No, I got a, uh, I got kind of a hazy IPA from a from a local producer out here. It's great. Okay. All that talk about multi IPAs uh, because uh, they didn't pay us. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm actually sponsored by a rival brewery. <laughs> so, no, this no is uh, this is left hand, and you guys actually might have left hand. Yeah, in, uh, we have left hand. Certainly the milk stout. Yeah. We have yes. the stranger too. I've seen. They're famous for their milk stout. Oh yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> sorry. I'm just slumming it uh, with Miller High Life, the champagne of beer. So that yeah, what do you mean not jump from the PBR you yeah. had last week? Hey, <laughs> hey, it's a hard week last week. All right. Anyway, Matt, you're on the clock. Starting right. in uh, three, two, one, go. Okay. So last week we uh, we we considered the merits of Saquon Barkley versus Christian McCaffrey. Um, and I can, I can see myself maybe later in the year taking Barkley, uh, but McCaffrey is the proven commodity. He's done it year after year. Um, I'm not going to overthink this. And so that's why I'm going to go with Cam Newton, number one overall. No, I will take Christian McCaffrey. Cam Newton for right. Auburn by way of Florida. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Christian McCaffrey, number one. That is off the clock, and we're moving right along to was it Diaz? Yeah. Yep. All right. So with number two, you have one of the best, especially in a PPR format. This is a ten-team uh, PPR format that we're running here, mocking here tonight. Uh, so I'm going to take a guy that is arguably could be, you know, the first overall pick, and Saquon Barkley. You really have no choice. Uh, you, you shouldn't reach for another running back like an Ezekiel Elliott, and you definitely should not take a wide receiver like Michael Thomas here. Although his production last year was absolutely amazing, 185 targets. Uh, the amount of wide receiver talent this year is, is off the charts, and there are not that many great running backs. So if you're picking early, you have to go running back. Goes with a running back. With plenty of time to spare, we move right along. With uh, Teddy, you're on the clock. I am inclined to agree with the pattern here. Uh, there's a lot of top shelf running backs. Uh, 
I'm looking between Ezekiel Elliott uh, and this, the guy that I will pick. And I will knock Ezekiel Elliott for the Mike McCarthy offense thing. There's a lot of mouths to feed. Dallas is, seems to be boomer bust. And I'm going to go with another proven commodity in Alvin Kamara. I think that he's due for a bit of a bounce back here. And in a PPR league, I want those Drew Brees points. Alvin Kamara. Okay. Moving I agree. Right uh, sorry. No, go ahead. Please, please. Uh, you're the moderator. Uh, I, I agree with that pick there. I <laughs> okay, think Kamara. No, I think Kamara is a fantastic pick because in, in a PPR league, that's points per reception. He is going to get a lot of looks. He had 80 plus receptions last year. Uh, and that doesn't even compare to what Ezekiel Elliott will get this year. I mean, Zeke will probably finish with 30, maybe 40 receptions tops. Of course, he has the running capabilities, but with Mike McCarthy coming into town, it's you just don't know what he's going to be like. Um, so, again, kind of building off, this is kind of in the territory where you may want to think wide receiver, but don't be an idiot. You have to pick a running back, and you know you have to go Zeke here because he's the best running back available. Uh, Dalvin Cook may be holding out, but you never know. So take the best available at this point. So right along. Yeah. Elliot's probably the, probably the right choice there. I mean, you can knock him for being a McCarthy scheme, but again, he's just another one of those guys who's produced and like McCarthy has never had a running back like Zeke Elliott. Um, He's never really had a running offensive line like, uh, like the Cowboys do. Um, So I think, I think he'll be fine. He may not, um, he may not be number one or number two, but he's going to be top five um, unless he gets injured at some point. It's still, uh, you know, if McCarthy's smart and he learned anything, it'll still run through him. Uh, so now at five, I'm kind of in no man's land um, because you could go Michael Thomas here, um, but I just hate taking a wide receiver in the top five. It, it just kind of irks me. Um, Dalvin Cook, I have some concerns about his, uh, about his injuries um, and about some of the personnel on the, uh, on the Vikings. Um, Devontae Adams, again, don't want to take a wide receiver at this point, but I'm going to take another Packer, Aaron Jones, 19 touchdowns last year, tied the, uh, tied the league, tied the uh, lead for, uh, for touchdowns uh, last year with Christian McCaffrey. Um, I don't know why he's being undervalued uh, by people. I guess they want to see it for more than one year. Um, but the, the Matt LaFleur system runs through the running back, uh, and Aaron Jones proved exceptionally capable last year. Another Packer. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Moving along. Teddy? Oh, so it's Ted too. I thought this was going to be auto pick. Um, oh, my bad, my bad. But it no, isn't. No, no it you is. were right. You're absolutely right. Um, so I have pick. So, oh, yeah, right. We switched that. Um, so I'm he- sitting. I'm sitting here at pick six. I just want to defend. Also, I, I don't not like Zeke. I just wanted Kamara at that between the two of them. I would have taken. It's, Zeke it's in the, the better next choice spot anyway. So I, I'm like, I'm not a disbeliever. I just like Kamara. Um, in this spot, right? The, the the threat is: Do you leave Michael Thomas on the board? Um, and, and go for a running back because that's conventional wisdom. Uh, and the answer for me is going to be, no, I'm going to take Michael Thomas here. Uh, I think that he is head and shoulders, the strongest receiver on the board. I'm happy to start him every week. Fair enough. All right. So we're up to our auto pick. We're, we're just pretty much going to do a consensus pick best available, which looking at the overall board would probably be Dalvin cook, unless anyone wants to make an argument against no, I think that's fair. Uh, okay. I mean, the other guy I might consider is Derrick Henry, but to me, they're yeah. they're kind of pretty similar. So yeah, uh, right. with Cook, Frank, let's go with him. Hmm? 
Was that team, um, was like Tennessee kind of a surprise last year? Like a, just like the level that they were playing at, like going into the playoffs? Um, Essentially. Who, yeah. who did they unseat in the playoffs that was, it was like. Uh, the Patriots. And Baltimore. And Baltimore. Right, right, right. That was, yeah. that was the one I was, yeah, yeah. All right. yeah. And they started two and four, um, and then they switched quarterbacks. So, uh, but then they just caught fire. So, you know, the question is, can they, can they keep that up? Who knows? Derrick Henry was freaking unbelievable. Anyway. Yeah. All right. <laughs> on the clock me okay uh derrick henry is an option uh again i've mentioned it before i just there's just he's such a beast and he's so hard to tackle but there's just something about him i think maybe it's his lack of pass catching um that that holds me back from taking him in a ppr um deandre hopkins on a new team with larry fitzgerald and unproven quarterback who knows um Kenyon drake not enough there for me to uh last season for me to feel confident this year nick chubb um has uh kareem hunt there um so uh i'm i'm gonna take another packer i'm gonna go with Devonte adams i think he might be in line for a career year this year he's entering the prime of his career he's the bona fide number one uh aaron Rodgers is going to be super motivated this year um even though he's getting 15 targets last year uh aaron Rodgers said he wants to get him the ball more um, I think this could be the season that elevates Devontae Adams into, you know, the conversation of maybe the best, the best wide receiver in the league, if he's not there already. And that winds up your time for talking about the Packers starting. 11. Okay. And, um, <laughs> well, there's nobody else to take. So. And that's <laughs> an aggregate. <laughs> Yay, Packers. Okay. Um, so, Mike. Actually, this is Ted. Next, but it did. Teddy. Okay. Next. Yeah. yeah, I'm back. I'm back in here at nine. And uh, I, I, I believe Devonte Adams will continue to ascend and I, I do like the pick, but I have to be happy at nine with Derrick Henry uh, pass catching a little bit of a concern, but there's no way I'm not putting him in, in the off chance that he does repeat and uh, lead the league, lead the league in rushing again. I want to be a part of it. Uh, and he proved he's got some breakaway potential. So there is like sort of that high upside um, that you get out of a players that usually accomplish it by catching nine passes in addition to 70 yards. He's like, Get, could rip off a 60 yard touchdown twice a game hit 200 yards he's done that kind of thing in the past and uh, at number nine overall i'm very happy with derrick henry yeah. should be all right all right so at 10 uh you know rounding out you get two picks pretty much in a row so you're in a unique position you can either double up on either category running back or wide receiver or you can split the difference, which is a pretty good strategy as well. Looking at the players available, most of the top running backs are now off the board. Uh, you have a couple guys that are really projected into the second round. So you may not want to reach for them at this point because there's a lot of value here with some of the top receivers. You have DeAndre Hopkins, who, like we said, we don't know what that's going to be like in a spread offense in Arizona. Tyreek Hill is there. You still have Julio Jones. Uh, so for me, at least at 10, I'm going to take my guy, Julio Jones, because I just think he is, without a doubt, one of the best receivers in the NFL, and he has always been very consistent uh, as far as fantasy production being in the top 10 every year over the last seven seasons. Um, following that up, again, there's still not a lot of running backs that I like at this point, so I'm going to pair him with another guy who is equally game-breaking in Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think having that combination of both size and speed and being the number one targets 
the clear number one targets on both those high potent offenses. Uh, it's it's going to be fun, and it's going to be make Sundays fun to watch. Well, Julio Jones yep. is certainly a shocker. Um, <laughs> But Tyreek Hill, okay, that's more on brand for you. Now, two of the things, like, every time I come in, like, every week when I join you guys, the first thing that I always look for is um, to just tap Mike's straight blind optimism, endless blind optimism right into my veins uh, for the Falcons. And then um, also to talk about my burgeoning DJ career. All right. um, Okay, so (laughs) moving right along. Who's up next? We're on the clock in uh, three seconds. Ted? Yeah, it's going to be me. Ted is up at 12. Yeah, so this is this is the pick where uh, I had to sit through Mr. Snake and draft steal like both the players that I wanted to grab uh, with Derrick Henry to pair him with a top flight wide receiver um, would have been awesome. Those are the two I was eyeballing. They're not there. So uh, now I'm thinking that I've got a long ways to go until my third pick. Uh, so I'm thinking I'm going to double dip in running back and I'm stalling because i'm undecided on which move uh, we're gonna make here because there's uh, a few there's everyone's got a little bit of a question mark uh, top available are joe mixon kenny and drake josh jacobs many seconds on the board Austin eckler and i'm gonna grab i'm gonna take the flyer on austin eckler again ppr league get this catch points from somebody if it's not gonna be derrick henry it's gonna be eckler austin eckler the los angeles clippers moving along <laughs> Clock starts in three seconds here. All right. Well, you know, I was going to take Austin Eckler. So we all knew you were going to take him. Um, I'm also going to take Austin Eckler here. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise <laughs> move at Matt's camp. Where, uh... Uh, and I like Tyreek Hill. I was kind of hoping he would he would fall too, but I think that's an excellent pairing, Julio and, and Tyreek Hill. Yep. Um, and so now you got a bunch of guys who I feel like maybe there was a drop off there. Uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, I'm optimistic about him, but only one year the team um, is still ascending. So you don't really know. Miles Sanders, uh, who who knows at this point, um, certainly showed a lot of promise, um, really athletic player, um, but I'm just not sold on him for the for the second round. Um, I don't want to dip into tight ends. I don't really want to dip into quarterbacks. Um, Some of the receivers that are available, um, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay. Um, it feels like a less than bit, 10 seconds, Matt. Feels like a little bit too early for those guys. Um, I'm going to take a guy that you know, not not the sexiest pick, uh, but he, he will produce Joe Mixon. Whew. And just got the pick in there. <laughs> Joe auto Mixon. pick was about to step in and steal it. <laughs> He's going to pick Joe Mixon. <laughs> All right. So All right. auto pick. I mean, I think it's kind of clear who we've left a on the board. It's not so much that we don't like him or that we don't think he's going to produce, but we are weary about the system that he's going to new system. There's plenty of offensive weapons there. Uh, so we just don't know, but Deandre Hopkins, I think is a good pick for, for auto He's the, unless you guys disagree. No, I mean, people are down on them because it's a, it's a new team. They don't know about Kyler Murray um quite yet but um he he should he he still has the best hands in the league by far he's still a beast he's still quick Mm -hmm. um he's gonna he's gonna produce so um the the risk with hopkins is so low yeah this team already has the makings of a great auto draft (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, to, to really kind does. of <laughs> to kind of touch on DeAndre Hopkins, I think that he elevates the play of every other receiver in that room. Uh, I think you're going to see Larry Fitzgerald. He led the team last year with nearly 900 yards receiving. Uh, so his play is going to go up. Christian Kirk, they're going to see opportunities because some defense, you're most likely going to have to double DeAndre Hopkins, which you're going to play Larry one-on-one. I get it. He's 36. He's a little slow, but he's, he's winning every one-on-one coverage that there is. And I can guarantee you that Christian Kirk is young. He's talented. Who knows? And you got Kenyon Drake out of the backfield. So it's going to be a tough play for, for defenses. So wait, before we do the next pick, um, when does quarterback or like anomaly tight end start entering your mind as far as like round where, you know, or is it just really predicated by, I feel really comfortable in uh, like two of my position players or like one, you know, two or three of them. And you're just like, I I really want to, I see somebody that's still there or uh, that's, that's available to me. And I really, I don't have a keeper quarterback. I really want to make an aggressive move. What, what, goes through yeah. your mind and what, what rounds late, are we thinking late second round for for either of those guys when you might want to start thinking about it, if you're really high on lamar jackson or um travis kelsey or something somebody's going to take them in one of the first two rounds so it enters a, a lot of people's minds um but i think as we've talked about in other videos it just it makes a little bit more sense to wait and to stock up on uh on some of the higher um on some of the higher price guys right now instead of spending a lot on a quarterback or a tight end um, but certainly people will start taking them in the second round. Sure. Yeah. Points points leader for quarterback last year was Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Like, okay. Far and and away, the yeah. point, point differential, like average point differential between say Lamar Jackson and top running back. Anybody have like a general idea? Um, in our PPR uh, league. I, our quarterbacks yeah. get like 150 to 200 more than running backs usually. Okay. Yeah, I, I could be wrong on this, but just from memory, I think Lamar Jackson was somewhere over 400 and McCaffrey was like 330 or Three something. something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So about 100 points. But then just again, the, you, you but, but then again, necessarily... all, all quarterbacks get a lot of points. Right, right, right. So the, it's, it's the fact that the quarterbacks are, you know, usually coming up with an abundance of points and then there's a, yeah. the, the, the general lack of uh, quality running backs that Mm-hmm. Are motivating Jackson people to draft them first. Last year and Mahomes the year before were, were equal anomalies. Where they were, I mean, I think Jackson outpaced the second quarterback by eighty points or something this year, which is like wow. almost the same gap. So uh, okay. it, it mattered. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. And where, but, do you guys remember when we took uh, Lamar Jackson or, or what round he was taken in? He year? was a free agent pickup, <whistles> just like Patrick Mahomes was the year before right so it's it it just goes to show you that you never know with these quarterbacks i mean we could be looking at 2020 the the stud of fantasy may not even be drafted you know we talked about this in in a prior episode you just don't know with these things but you can't always base your your draft off of last year's production alone there's there's so much that goes into into the next season that you have to take an account for like for someone to think that Lamar Jackson is going to have the same caliber season that he had in 2019 is absolutely off the rocker. It's not going to happen. He's going to do well, but he's not going to do that well for him to repeat an MVP season is just unheard of. And if he does it, I'll totally eat crow on that because that'll just be absolutely amazing, but don't expect that to happen at all. Okay. And so if you're not drafting Cam Newton in the first round, then you're an idiot. Go Got it. Yeah. 
Okay. So where are we at now? Who's on the clock here? Uh, Teddy's going to be me. It's going to be my... All right. So uh, team six here uh, is sitting on Michael Thomas as my first round pick. So I'm in desperate need of a running back. Good news is a lot of the top players available are running backs. And I'm looking at two guys that are young and showed a lot of promise, especially towards the end of last year in Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. Uh, and I have to flip a coin and the coin decision is going to be uh, for Kenyon Drake because I feel just a little bit better about the Cardinals overall, the thing they're doing right now than I do about the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, and I think these two guys are really similar. So I'm going to roll with Kenyon Drake. The Las Vegas Raiders. That just sounds it, yeah, super weird. It doesn't weird. sound right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, okay. So I took uh, Aaron Jones in the first round. Um, maybe earlier than, than some people might have him going. I'm also going to take a guy um, here in the second round for this team uh, that, that's going to go earlier than some people might expect. I don't know if he's going to get back to me uh, in, the, in the third round. I think I got 12 picks or so. Um, but So I could take Josh Jacobs, but I'm going to take a player that I think is similar but also catches passes. Jay Gruden goes down uh, to be the offensive coordinator there. Uh, Leonard Fournette, he catches mm. so many more passes than people think. Um, he is the only running back in that, uh, in that running back room. Um, and so I feel pretty comfortable pairing him with, uh, with Aaron Jones. Under Fournette. From the clouds. Okay. And th this just goes to show you that you have to take into account the gap between your picks. So if you really like a player, you have to, you, you can't take a chance on them, especially if there is that huge gap. Um, I love Leonard Fournette. He had over 100 targets last year. I, I think that's going to be awesome for them. Uh, people don't give the Jacksonville Jaguars offense enough credit, um, and especially in a division where the defenses are fairly weak. And Gardner Minshew, 28 touchdowns to six interceptions last year. I think he's got that offense rolling. Uh, so th this is no question for me at this point. I have two stud running backs left on the board. At uh, the fourth overall pick, I took Ezekiel Elliott. Not I, I could go for a Tampa Bay wide receiver here, but I'm not too confident in either of them. I'm taking a guy that I really like, has no competition in the backfield, Josh Jacobs. Uh, he's going to get more involved in, in the passing game, which he wasn't that of last year. So I, I like him to kind of have a really good sophomore season in that offense where they added, um, you know, Henry Ruggs to really take the top off the defense. So he's going to see a lot less eight-man fronts. I like the pick, uh, obviously. I was talking about the him as the counterpoint to Kenyon Drake, um, which leaves me at team team three. I picked Alvin Kamara in the first round, and I'm sort of I get I have a pick in not too far, so I'm, I have sort of a little bit of flexibility here where I could go double running back, or I could go get get the top receiver and and hope uh, to grab the running backs um, that swing back around, um, and I think that I am trusting that running backs are falling off quicker here than receivers are. I think there's a little bit more depth here at uh, this pick of 17 or wherever we're at. Um, so I'm going to go and grab Miles Sanders, Ooh, the Philadelphia Eagles, um, and pair him with Alvin Kamara and have a nice little PPR running back duo. So Sanders. Yeah. Off the I, board? 
was hoping to get Miles Sanders there and pair uh, two Nittany Lions together in my backfield. I thought that would have been really awesome, especially in uh, in a division where the defenses are fairly weak. Um, so that right before nice. you could take him, Teddy took him. How does that make you feel? <laughs> you know, a, a little, a little hurt and jaded, to be honest. But we'll go. So, I'm high on Miles Sanders. Yeah, and a, a lot of people it. are this year, as the, as they should be. Um, so sitting here at 19, pick Saquon Barkley in the first round, uh, I have a couple of options. Um, I could grab Nick Chubb, but there are questions about having Kenyon Drake there in the backfield, who's definitely going to steal a lot of third down opportunities. Nick Chubb will still get the first down and the goal line carries. I, I think he's proven that that's where he values, but I have Saquon. Uh, I want to pair him with another guy, which is why I want wanted Miles Sanders there's no one here that I feel too confident with. So I'm going to get potentially another game breaker at wide receiver uh, in Chris Godwin. Uh, I think he proved last year that uh, even with Jameis Winston at quarterback, Chris Godwin, you have a hard time matching up against him in man, and he will blow right by you if you're playing zone. Tom Brady is smart enough to find the open receiver, and I, I think he will fit in well uh, with the new offense that they're running down there in Tampa Bay. Yeah, so now I'm picking back-to-back here. Took McCaffrey in the first round. This kind of goes to show that you should know the players in your league that you're playing against because Mike knows that I really like Chris Godwin uh, and that I was high on him. I was probably going to take him uh, wow. here. Um, Feels like it stung a little bit, Matt. No, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. I'm actually down on him. It was, it was a long con. Um, but so so now everything everything kind of opens up. You could start thinking about Travis Kelsey. You could start thinking about Lamar Jackson, George Kittle, Pat Mahomes. Um, I am going to pair a no-doubt uh, fantasy superstar, Christian McCaffrey, with a guy who has been that um, and might have some question marks this year due to his health um, and take Todd Gurley um, because I think on a one-year contract um, – he the Falcons are just gonna are gonna run him ragged, um, and he still he still has the ability. It's just his carries were limited uh, last year. Um, so you know I'm a little bit still concerned. Still scored about sixteen that. touchdowns, just saying. Right, because they only used him inside the twenties, and I'm thinking I'm, what I'm hoping is that the Falcons will do that, but also give him the ball, um, you know, in the middle of the field too. Um, so now I got uh, Gurley and McCaffrey, and there's some intriguing wide receivers: uh, Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, Amari Cooper. Um, but I think a guy that I, you know, that has just kind of steadily improved over the last few years is uh, Kenny Galladay, um, and I'm going to take him here. Um, and it might, like, you know, as a number one wide receiver, you, you probably couldn't say that last year, but I think he's earned it. Um, he's exceptionally talented, and Matthew Stafford is back this year. Um, so I feel pretty comfortable at him as number one, especially because when it swings back around, I think there will still be some good wide receivers to fill out that that receiving core. Yeah. Love the pick of Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Uh, that receiving core of Marvin Jones Jr. and Kenny Galladay last year teamed up for 20 touchdowns, and that was without Matt Stafford for more than half the year. That's uh, so those guys are very talented. And when you add a guy like DeAndre Swift in the backfield and you pair him with on Johnson – I think that offense and they revamped the offensive line, by the way, in the offseason. So I think that offense is going to produce very well. So sitting here at 22, I took Saquon Barkley, Chris Godwin, and I'm left with a choice because I'm not picking again for 11 picks, whatever it may be. Um, so 
you have a choice. You can either take a top tight end, you can reach for a running back. And we, we've talked about this in the past. If you have three guys on your fantasy team that can score 30 points, you pretty much won the week. Uh, so I think having a guy like Travis Kelsey on your team, who is the first and second option on pretty much all pass plays, I don't think you can pass that up at this point. Okay. Is Tony Gonzalez still on the board? Yep. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Surprised right. we didn't see an early pickup from uh, – from uh, Diaz with uh, Gurley. Anyway, moving right along. All right. So uh, the pick has come back around to me. I was the third overall. It's the third pick in the third round. Uh, I paired Miles Sanders with Alvin Kamara, and I really like my running back room. And I was hoping that there would still be some depth available at wide receiver. And, and I do believe that this was the right move. I think that there is more here to work with than there is with running backs at this point. Uh, so I'm feeling good about it and I was holding my breath and I'm feeling good about the, the guy that's still available because I wanted to uh, chase him because um, one thing that's true is Kenny Galladay proved it. Juju Smith Schuster proved it is that like having a high level quarterback matters. And I think that this guy, Odell Beckham Jr. is paired with a quarterback who's shown potential and had a down year, a true sophomore slump. They don't have a phrase for it uh, for nothing. Uh, I think that we could see a, a bounce back season from Mayfield and uh, Odell can put up some big numbers. That was actually going to be my um, my question for you guys is what are realistic expectations for uh, I guess I'll take that word realistic out of it because people thought realistic expectations for the Browns last year were uh, you know we're going to the Super Bowl so um, what are your expectations guys for uh, for the Browns this year I I really don't know what to make of them it it really all falls on Stefanski uh, and we we talked about this last week about the Browns offense is that you really kind of have to look in the past to see where the future is going. Uh, so, you know, you, you kind of have to pair those wide receivers just like they had in Minnesota, where Odell Beckham Jr. will be your Stefan Diggs, your big chunk play, big post down the field, whatever it may be, splash play. And your Jarvis Landry is going to be your Adam Thielen, your move the chains, you know, curls, first down, whatever it is. That's the offense that you're looking at. Um, but then again, there are so many weapons on offense. You have two star running backs, all pros. You have two all pros at tight end. Uh, David Njoku is a very good talent there who just seems to be getting pushed out of town. And you have two very good wide receivers who have both made the Pro Bowl and are all world. Uh, so you just don't know, but you like to hope for the best. I think it could be fun from a fantasy perspective, but in terms of real football, I just have too many concerns about Baker Mayfield. Um, I mean, all they added uh, this year to what they had last year was Austin Hooper. Um, and so he still had two of the best wide receivers in the league and Jarvis Landry and Oda Beckham to throw to last year. Yeah, they got points, but they didn't win that many. They didn't, they didn't win enough games. He, they had Kareem Hunt for the second half of the season. Um, Nick Chubb, they had him for the, for the whole season. Um, so there was enough talent around him and may, and Mayfield just wasn't good enough. Um, and I'm not necessarily sold on Stefanski. Um, coming over and, and being the savior. You also have to look at the history of the Browns. The Browns consistently underperform. I think there's probably something to that. And then also the Steelers got better um, and the Bengals got better. So they're in a tougher division. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pile on that. I I am optimistic and I'm hopeful for the Browns. Uh, I think that a, a changing a chain, uh, coaching regime can have a big effect regardless of who it is or, or how it works. I think that Mayfield's young enough to start to work with whoever shows up. And I don't think Freddie Kitchens was the answer. Um, so will Stefanski time will tell, we don't know. Um, but 
my bet on it for the, I think that the third best chance to win the, the division. So not I was going to say when you started off by saying you were hopeful and I was like, is that the most disingenuous thing you've ever said as a Steelers fan about the Browns? Or is that like, <laughs> I, or is it kind of like a condescending thing? Like I'm very hopeful that they get two or three wins, but the I, the Browns I don't see are my, my least, least favorite team in the AFC North. So that's okay. fair, <laughs> enough. fair enough. Okay. All right. Let's get back to uh, some picking here. All right. So at 24, Odell Beckham is off the board, and I'm sitting on Zeke, who I took in the first round, and Josh Jacobs in the second. Uh, this is a strategy that some people like to call zero wide receiver, where the first three, four rounds, you just pretty much avoid wide receivers completely and stock up on running backs, which is something that I'm going to focus on here. Now, all three of these guys are not necessarily PPR-focused guys, but they're runners. They're going to get the rock, and they've been known to find the end zone. Nick Chubb is still available in the third round, which I just think is remarkable. And I don't think I can let him get past this point. Uh, there's really no one else to consider right there for me. Yeah, Chubb fell as far because people have concerns about Kareem Hunt. I mean, his numbers dropped off precipitously um, once Kareem Hunt. Uh, SAT word. Yeah, <laughs> fulfilled his suspension. Um, so. I don't know. Third round, third round makes a lot of sense to me for, for Nick Chubb because he showed so much upside just through his raw talent um, that, uh, you know, that, that he warrants a, a third round pick. So here uh, at the fifth, I took Jones and Fournette, um, which I feel pretty good about two PPR uh, uh, running backs, um, two running backs that'll thrive in a PPR system. Um, so you might think about Lamar Jackson uh, here, um, George Kittle. I don't, I don't necessarily know. Um, I think the guy – I mean, this, this comes down to, to strategy. Do I want to do three running backs here or start to build the wide receiver core? Um, I am really high – I'm higher on Juju Smith-Schuster than I am the running back um, that I was considering um, because Juju with Ben Roethlisberger uh, writes all the wrongs that we saw from Juju last year. I don't think it was a Antonio Brown thing and that he wasn't getting enough attention. I think Juju is a great player. Um, and he just needs Ben to, to get him the ball in the right location um, because he was playing with a bunch of with a bunch of backups uh, last year. Um, so I think I think Juju as as the number one receiver on this team to go with two PPR running backs is is pretty good. Okay, Juju Smith Schuster out of USC. Ugh. Okay, on the clock. Big Ted Wait. is me. All right, Team Six over here has got Michael Thomas and Kenyon Drake, uh, sort of been spreading the wealth around. Um, and based on what I'm seeing, I think Juju is sort of the last top shelf. Uh, Mike Evans is still on the board, um, but this is that moment where you start to think, should I go with someone different, um, with like a different position? And I, I think that I will capitalize on the fact that George Kittle is still on the board. I like having the plug and play tight end. Uh, now I, I sort of have one solid guy at each position, My, the Michael Thomas, Kenyon Drake and George Kittle now. So I like, I don't know what I'm going to be looking for in the season. I'm not, I'm not taking a pure wide receiver or poor, pure running back strategy. I'm just sort of taking like a, these you have to start a tight end. So let's get the best available. Um, just like I did with the running back in the first round and the wide receiver in the second, or well actually flip that, but uh, George Kittle, it is. 
conversely, Matt, you were you were seemingly a little down on Kittle, and what was your rationale behind that? I'm not down on Kittle. I think uh, Kelsey uh, Kelsey's like a clear number one, um, and Kittle I think is a is a clear number two. Um, it's just if I'm thinking between Juju Smith Schuster and and Kittle. Um, I just like the upside of, of Juju more. I think it's just more of a per, of a player to player comparison between the two at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. I mean, to, to touch on Matt's point, George Kittle is in an offense in San Francisco where they're a run first team. George Kittle is the starter. Not only is he a phenomenal talent at tight end, but he is a phenomenal run blocker. And that's why he fits the system so well. And that offense runs through play action. And that's why you saw George Kittle have a lot of big plays last year. Uh, Juju is going, he is the number one target, whereas opposed to Kyle Shanahan, you never know. The fifth wide receiver could go off for 150 yards just based on scheme and what the defense is presenting and what he saw in film that week. So it's a little more of a guarantee, I would say, with Juju over Kittle. So we have a bit of a conundrum here. Uh, auto pick is up. Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins in the first and second rounds. Now what we're sitting on is you have the two top quarterbacks available. Mike Evans is on the board as a top wide receiver. Um, what do we think we go here? Is, is this a good place for Lamar or Mahomes to go off the board? Wait, hold, yeah. hold on a second. I, now, now we look at Mike Evans, and, I mean, Mike Evans' like potential was – like through the roof when he had a great season with um, Jameis, but then obviously it fell off a little bit, but I mean, now you pair him with Brady. What are we thinking as far as projections for him? Like, could he be technically like a steal at, at this like juncture in the draft? He, he definitely could. It's just, it's just unknown at this point, like what the target share is going to be between um, him and Chris Godwin um, and Gronk and the two other Cameron Bray and OJ Howard. It's just unknown about uh, Mike Evans. And I think some people, uh, put Godwin a little bit higher because he had a better year uh, last year. He's younger. He's a little, he maybe is a little bit more explosive, but they're both good players and they could both end up being top 10 wide receivers. A deep dive on the receivers between Godwin and, and Evans measurables wise. Evans is the much taller guy now. Yep. six five two twenty. Godwin six one two ten two oh five. right around that. But Godwin brings a lot of speed. Um, right. Evans brings the red zone threat. Uh, Godwin is more of a big, big chunk play, move the chains type sure. of player. And and as far as so they've they've already got a guy now with um, with Gronk. So as far yeah. as like big and, target and, in the in the red and zone. And that's the other thing. Brady loves Gronk. I mean, he literally came out of retirement, got traded to Tampa Bay just to play with Tom. And who's going to get the ball in this offense? Because you have so many players there. And now the talk is. It's back. Antonio Brown may be coming to Tampa Bay. Actually, oh, that's a rumor. So, it's they, they squashed it. No way. Who oh, is going to get the ball? He can't. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's just ridiculous. And, and and like Matt said, there, there's no history on this. And uh, as I stated earlier, to know the future, you have to look into the past. And there is no past on this team. Tom Brady after 20 years is in a completely new offense with Bruce Arians who loves to chuck the ball down the field. And that's not really Tom, Tom's game. Um, he's more of a dink and dunk check down, yeah. hand it off to your running back, running backs out in the flats. 
So we just don't know what this offense is going to be. And yeah. if you want to take a flyer on one of these guys, you're more than welcome to. But as as a smart fantasy player, you should probably avoid most players on this team, except for Tom Brady, because he's probably the one that you know yeah. will actually produce. Right. So as far as auto pick goes, I think that I would be comfortable taking Lamar Jackson here myself. I think that it's another classic auto pick. Like why, who, why'd we sit on him? He's, he is the top ranked on the list that we happen to be using, which is uh, what will be the scenario in most auto draft scenarios. And I, I think with the questions on Mike Evans and then the drop off to Clyde Edward, Edward Hilaire and DJ Moore is just crazy. Like you take Jackson. You could you could make an argument for Mahomes, but Jackson is the higher ranked quarterback. So it's the clear pick. Yeah, yeah. I would if this was my team, and I wish it was at this point. I yeah. would start at Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I agree, and I'd be unbelievably happy with it. So yeah. Yeah. I say we we stick to the stick to the drill. Now, yep. I I, w- I will point this out. One anecdote that I would like to make is I've, I've been doing a lot of mocks over the last couple of weeks. We've talked about that. I actually just set one mock up to do a complete auto draft. And it was one of the worst teams uh, that I could have possibly imagined. My uh, I had three running backs and I had eight wide receivers on my team, no backup tight end, no backup quarterback. And it was just awful, you know? So the, the algorithm algorithm that goes into picking some of these players, like if it's the computer and not us just deciding, it's it's pretty busted if you ask me. Yeah. All right, so Matt, I think the algorithm is like Sorry. the next player. Like I don't think there's <laughs> not much not science always. behind it. It's just like well, yeah, unless you're missing a, a position, I guess. But yeah. So, so sometimes auto draft will reach. I'm I'm tempted here now to to reach uh, for a player, um, but I'll probably stick closer to home. Um, you know, this team with Devontae Adams. <laughs> Adams and uh, Joe Mixon, who are uh, two, two, solid, two solid players that we always produce. Um, I, like, the reason why I would leap at Mahomes here is because I feel like this team could use like, a really high ceiling guy, and Mahomes is that, is that player. Um, but I'm going to refrain from taking quarterback and take the, um, the, the ranking pick and go with Mike Evans. Um, because he's still he's still Mike Evans, and now he has Tom Brady throwing to him. So um, I, he's not going to have a bad year. Um, and pairing him with Devontae Adams, I mean that you know first and third round. I mean that that seems pretty good. Red zone right there. Yeah. Still some really good quarterback options on the board here. All right. Okay. Team nine on the board on the clock. Uh, I have Derrick Henry in the round one and Austin Eckler in round two. So I've got a sort of a thunder lightning thing in the back backfield. David and on. Goliath. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would like to touch on the Mike Evans pick. And uh, this is uh, a campaign I've been on uh, a hill. I'm w- willing to live and die on that. I think it's not being looked at enough that like, yes, everyone on the Buccaneers had a great season last year, but like Jameis Winston put up monster, monster numbers. Yes, he had 30 interceptions and that's why they didn't win a lot of games. But like, I just put like pulling up the stats, like he had 5,100 yards and 33 touchdowns compared to Tom Brady, who had 4,057 yards and 
24 touchdowns. And I think that that's a realistic expectation for him. And I think everyone's numbers are going to go down. So I'm happy. I don't have to worry about picking Mike Evans because I'm not going to do it. Um, so uh, to compare with my, my tight little running back backfield here, uh, I'm actually going to go and grab Amari Cooper. Uh, I think that he's uh, one of the top wide receivers still available on the board and should put up great numbers um, with Dak in, in, in Dallas. Well, let me throw down a fight right now, just real quick. Um, because the reason why Tom Brady's numbers were so far down is because th- that offense turned into a run first offense with Sony Michelle and James White. He also had nobody to throw to. Um, he didn't have Gronk. He had Julian Edelman, who was, uh, you know, and, and, and that's about it. Nikhil Harry got injured halfway through the other. They had to trade for Muhammad Sanu. Um, maybe the reason why Jameis Winston, who got let go, I mean, if he had such a great year last year, they would have they kept him. Um, you well, know, the reason for winning games, he had did for scoring points on fantasy. Right. But I mean, some of the credit of Jameis Winston's Jameis Winston's success has to go to like these two all pro wide receivers that he's throwing to. Well, I think some of the credit of Tom Brady's lack of success has to go to the fact that he's a 42 year old quarterback with an aging arm. I think so. And I think probably they'll end up meeting in the middle somewhere. Like, I don't – like, I think maybe they'll split the difference in Tom Brady throws for 4,500 yards. Tampa Bay doesn't have a running back. Uh, Bruce Arians throws the ball. Um, and their, their talent is loaded at wide receiver and at, and at tight end. So they're okay. going to throw the ball. So he'll have 600 less yards and five less touchdowns than Jameis did last year. And that'll be an uptick for, for Brady, but still a downtick for the entire team. Yeah, well, it'll be enough. It, it might be a downtick, but we're talking about late in the third round for, for Mike Evans. Um, Touche. I like Mike Evans. I've rostered him a lot, and he outperforms his like star power every year. Yeah. So you guys are done fighting, like getting uncomfortable. The other thing about Amari Cooper that he sucks, and I hate him. And next pick on the clock. All right. So rounding out the third round, pick number thirty. Uh, I am picking back to back here. Uh, I'm sitting on two awesome wide receivers in Julio Jones and Tyree Kill. And at this point in the draft, I got two picks in a row. And I'm not going to be picking around, picking again after 30 and 31 until pick 50. So I want to make sure I, I get these guys right. I have two great wide receivers, as I, as I just said. Tyree Kill is an important piece to this puzzle. Um, one thing that I look for personally as a fantasy owner is combos. You have a quarterback and you have his top wide receiver or top tight end, especially if they have a really good rapport with each other. I could go, I could wait. I could sit on Matt Ryan and wait and hope to get him in the later rounds pair with Julio, but Patrick Mahomes, I think this is a perfect value for him right here. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Pat Mahomes because when he throws a touchdown to Tyree kill, there's 10 points for you. And he's going to do that a lot as he's done in the past. And now I really have to start looking at running back. And what I have here at running back is not very promising. Um, but there, there are some guys. I'm looking at Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell in particular. Melvin, Melvin Gordon is coming to a uh, very promising team in Denver where they're going to have to score points. And Drew Locke is going to have to throw the ball. So I'm not too sure how much Melvin Gordon is going to be a help when it comes to the division battles. Uh, but I know that Le'Veon Bell, the talent that he brings to the table uh, is, is just awesome. And there's no reason why he shouldn't uh, be valued higher, which a lot of people are sleeping on him this year, but Hey, 
this is the chance for the Jets to really prove that they can do something in this division. Tom Brady's not there. Yes, the Patriots signed Cam Newton, but they have a chance this year. That division is up for grabs, honestly. Oh, well, I think I optimism again, and I, I, I hope you're right, buddy. But um, years of just getting beaten down. <sighs> All right. Anyway, Jets, Le'Veon Bell off the board. A E T S B E L L. All right. Well, I'm a little bit butthurt because I was hoping to come out uh, of that with Le'Veon Bell. I was hoping you would, you would take the Melvin Gordon angle. Uh, I just think that Bell has got a little bit more raw talent. Um, I just like that. I just sort of trust the ins- uncertainty a little bit more than I do with Gordon. Uh, even more to a potential point where, in the passing game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he, he's got a great great set of hands. He's proven that um, early on in his career. Um, so it really throws off my game because I don't really want Gordon in this spot. I already have two decent running backs. Um, so I'm looking for someone who's got some some upside. <sighs> speed lean a little bit towards like a flyer on Clyde Edwards Hilaire I think he's a little bit high here but like they drafted him in the first round for a reason so do you go with it um but I'm not and instead I'm gonna go on a resurgence play uh and pick up David Johnson um and hope that he is a motivated new guy on the Houston Texans Mm. yep yep Given me my third running back. So now if Henry sort of falls off a cliff or isn't producing, um, I've got a couple guys that will catch some passes. Yeah, Mahomes and Bell and, and David Johnson, I think are all really good picks right there. Um, mostly because I was thinking about taking all three of them. So now I got uh, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, and then Joe Mixon. Now in our league, we start four wide receivers. Um, and just looking at the board, Potentially. Um, yeah, you could, but yeah, two wide receivers and two flex positions. Um, and just looking at the board, it seems like there's more value in, um, in wide receiver right now um, than there is in running back. You know, Chris Carson um, is, is an option. I think he's kind of underrated. Edward Tillera is just kind of a wild card at this point. So you don't really know. Um, his, his ADP, I just want to throw this out there, is way too high for the, the type of player and the type of offense that he's going into. Yeah. So um, there's two guys that I'm, that I'm considering now. Both have produced over the last two years. Both get a ton of catches. I'm going to go for the guy that's a little bit younger. Um, I think might have more of an upside this, this year um, and go with Cooper Cup in, uh, in Los Angeles um, because his, his numbers just prove it over the last few years. He's a dynamic player. Um, the Rams are going to be better uh, this year. Um, and there's, there's few options outside of Robert Woods, maybe Tyler Higby came on towards the end of last year. Uh, but now with Gurley gone, um, I think he's going to get a ton of passes if he can stay healthy. Um, I, I like Cooper cup now to, to put into a run, a wide receiver room that has Mike Evans and Devonte Adams, uh, which I feel pretty good about. Yeah. What makes you sold on the Rams resurgence? Um, just because I think they, they played, they underperformed, uh, last year and they were still what seven and nine, eight and eight nine and seven, nine, nine and seven. seven. Uh, so they were right on the cusp of the playoffs. Could have made a could have made a run. I think that there was a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Um, I, played, I think they were trying to figure out what they were going to do with Todd Gurley. Um, they they had some free agency issues that kind of came to a head, or uh, some salary cap issues that came to a head um, last year. Um, and I think maybe the down year kind of clarified a lot of things for Sean McVay, who I still think is a really smart 
coach and maybe clarify things for Jared Goff uh, too, who, who, um, you know, who played well two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. Also played really well last year. I mean, the guy was third in the league in passing yards, you know, so people are so down on Goff, but over the last three years, he's been top five in passing, passing yardage. Yeah. Cooper Cup. All right. Boom. All right. So we got auto pick. Would say Edwards Hilaire. DJ Moore. We had this uh, same situation last week. Uh, Edward Hilaire, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen, Allen Robinson. Um, I don't know what you guys are thinking. So this is a team that has Jackson, Cook, and Hopkins, so pretty balanced. You could go anywhere with this. Um, Of those four guys that are the top of the board, I would lean towards one of the receivers, Thielen or or Robinson. Um, Mm -hmm. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm I'm not sold on Clyde Edwards Hilaire as I stated a couple seconds ago. I think his average draft position is way too high for who he is as a player. He's a rookie. We just don't know. He hasn't proven anything yet. DJ Moore is now in a spread offense with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Christian McCaffrey is like 80% of the target share when it comes to passing. Um, plus, they also bring in Robbie Anderson. Uh, they have Curtis Samuel as well there. So we we don't know. Uh, who's going to emerge as the true number one receiver. And he's really only had one year of production. I'm not in favor of him. I think the best player on the board for auto pick would be Adam Thielen. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, I think Thielen and Robinson are both really good players. I think Robinson's actually the, the better, the better talent. Um, but Thielen has, Thielen's just a catch machine. Um, and with Stefan Diggs gone, you know, his issue was always targets. So now Thielen's going to get more targets. Um, and he catches everything. And, and Kirk Cousins is good enough to put it into those windows when he's running five to 10 yard uh, routes. Um, so I think he's going to get a ton of volume. Um, he has excellent hands. So um, yeah, I think Adam Thielen's a great pick there. As I sit here silently, I am hoping Adam Thielen falls to me. So that means. That's <laughs> <Yes>, right. <laughs> uh, and so you're, you touched on DJ Moore for a minute, but you, you guys, um, are you high on the Panthers going into this season or no? Nope. nope. No. <laughs> yeah. That's I, uh, weird that Mike would say that, but um, I just. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you, you have to you have to look at the team. They're they completely gutted most of the team. They drafted no. I, I don't know if this has ever happened, but they drafted no offensive players in this past year's draft. They drafted all defense. So starting, let's say they end up starting seven rookies on defense. <laughs> that's. That is tough. I mean, for the Panthers to be actually competitive, you're looking two to three years down the road. They're implementing an offense that has worked in the NFL before. Joe Brady was previously with the New Orleans Saints, and we, the, the Saints are the Saints. Their, their offense is, is very good, and the spread offense will work very well. Teddy Bridgewater, good quarterback, very serviceable, um, but is, is he the type of guy to like be the decision maker? Can he make – can he go down to his second, third, fourth reads? Is he really that type of guy? Or is he a first and second look guy and then check it down? We just don't know. But luckily they have Christian McCaffrey there where, look, they're, they're not going to do well in the division that they're in when you have uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints, and then the Atlanta Falcons all vying for that top spot. Uh, the Panthers are the odd man out in that division. I... Um... I, I get the skepticism about the, about the Panthers. Um, I don't hold the, the defensive draft against them. I kind of like just investing and like re, reinventing that defense um, that they were kind of banking on the last few years, but that just wasn't as good as it had been when they went to the Super Bowl. 
I mean, they got Derek Brown, which who fell to them, who some people were saying was the best player uh, in, in the draft. In the draft, um, and then they get Yeter uh, Gross Matos, who who also fell to them uh, in the second round out of Penn State, and then they get a really good safety in uh, in Jeremy Chin. Um, so, like, and those are all guys that that can uh, contribute right away. Um, but then you also have so then on the offensive side, you bring in Robbie Anderson, um, Christian McCaffrey can break a game open. Um, it, it's going to come down to Teddy Bridgewater who won, you know what? He was five and zero as the, as the saints quarterback last year. So, um, and he, and he did win when he was with Minnesota before he got hurt, he wasn't stellar. Um, and he, and he certainly wasn't stellar when he, uh, when he started for the, for the saints last year. Um, but could he operate the offense? Could he, could he manage the, the offense with two coaches, Matt rule and Joe Brady, who know how to, who know how to scheme an offense. Um, I could see a path where the Panthers are competitive uh, this year. I think at the very least they'll be, they'll be super exciting just because of their youth, um, both at the coach, both at the coaching positions um, and, and, and across the roster. Teddy Bridgewater. I I think it comes down to Teddy Bridgewater ultimately because he's sort of the X factor there. And he reminds me a lot of a quarterback. I was really fond of uh, Teddy Flemington who played for team planning of America at the Rutgers flag football (laughs) league, where it's like, he's not the sort of quarterback that's going to like shoulder the entire load. And, and and I won't, I won't slight him and say that he won't elevate the play of the people around him, but he's not the sort of guy that can, like, he's not a Cam Newton who they've had, like that can sort of just change the game independently uh, without anyone around him. But what's different is that he's got Christian McCaffrey and I even think Robbie Anderson falls into the category where he sort of knows what he's got. He's got that Rob Schneider speed and like, can just sort of like, like take the top off the defense. And if I think Teddy Bridgewater in a good system can have a lot of success, a lot like Teddy Flemington did with the talent <laughs> around him, uh, which means that I think they could be competitive, but maybe not, maybe not Super Bowl champions. Uh, but uh, I, I hope he proves me wrong. I also like that their center, uh, Connor, Reddington, Reddington. Uh, goes out for passes. So that's good. Nobody's <laughs> expecting that. But, you know, rule implementing a new offense. Uh, Surprisingly you know, effective, really... though. No one, no one thinks look at the center and he's got hands, that's man. It. That's, that's it. Um, PA all day, really. Uh, <laughs> Rob Schneider. I like everybody's probably thinking, uh, what movie you're talking about, Rob? <laughs> you look slow and animal. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's great. Oh, an animal <laughs> reference. Okay, we're uh, <laughs> moving right along. Next pick on the clock. Is Ted. It's me, and I, so I was hoping Adam Thielen would fall here because he feels like a solid option. So this is uh, team six. As a quick recap, I've got Michael Thomas, Kenyon Drake, and George Kittle. So I've sort of spread the wealth around uh, various positions. Um, I think running back is important. So I'm going to go for another running back here in the fourth round while there's still some quality players available. And I am loving James Connor right now. He's one of the few players left who can, who is a true bell cow. Uh, Mike Tomlin loves to play the running back an entire drive, regardless of down he's proven he's got hands. And more importantly, he's proven he can pass protect, which means that Ben Roethlisberger is going to want him on the field on third downs uh, way more than Benny Snell, um, or any of the other scrubs they've got going on in the background. Uh, Connor is the guy in Pittsburgh. It's otherwise note, noted. Um, he's on his uh, a contract year, so he's motivated. And or the Steelers are just going to run him ragged and uh, send him on his way. So 
Uh, I see a, a bounce back here from Connor, maybe not to be like the fifth overall running back, but in the fourth round, give me some James Conner. Yeah. Ted, do you yeah. see him? Do you see him on the Steelers next year? Uh, I do. I yeah. think that he'll be like one of those rare sort of team friendly. Like I understand the role. I like I want to be in Pittsburgh. Let's come to an yeah. agreement kind of players, uh, which are fewer and further between. But he doesn't have. I mean, he was a pit guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and. and I, like the system is is favorable for him. He's had success there uh and i think they want some sort of veteran leadership um in in the locker room and he surprisingly will will be that especially if as ben roethlisberger retires um, in the next year or two he could be a like a jerome bettis situation just sort of the guy that's there maybe not like he's not willie parkering through super bowl 40 but he's there yeah i i, I think he's like willie a, parker a, a vital guy to the uh to the locker room honestly i think he's just one of those guys that that really gets it um, and I, I loved him when he was with Pitt as well. So, um, all right, moving along here on the clock. Yeah, J- James Conner's a great pick. Um, I'm, I'm high on all the Steelers uh, this year um, with, with Big Ben coming back and that defense. I mean, it's just going to create opportunities um, for, for that offense to, to produce. Um, so here I've got, a, I've got a pretty balanced team. Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, and then Juju Smith-Schuster, speaking of Steelers. Um, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna continue the the balance and get another wide receiver here uh, with a guy who who is undervalued in my opinion, uh, Keenan Allen, um, who oh, produces yeah. every single year. Um, I don't like Tyrod is not that much of a drop off from Phil Rivers, if at all. Um, Mike Williams has proven not to eat into his not to eat into Keenan Allen's target share. Um, he can play every position on the field. Um, after earlier injury concerns in his career, he's been healthy. Um, for the last few years with some minor, minor things here and there. Um, so he's just a really solid, um, a, a really solid wide receiver, um, especially in the, in the fourth round. Surprising to even see him on the board still. Keenan Allen's always a solid, solid producer that's, every year. That's, that's the one thing. So many people are devaluing Keenan Allen uh, just because Phillip Rivers isn't there anymore. But let, let the record show that Keenan Allen is one of the best route runners in the NFL right now. And it doesn't matter who's at quarterback because Tyrod Taylor is a very good quarterback, right? He just hasn't had a lot of chances to actually prove that and be the guy without having some high draft pick come in and take over for him. But he will find Keenan Allen. He will get him the ball and he will be just fine. Thousand plus yards, five plus touchdowns. He'll be okay this year in fantasy. Um, so sitting at team four, I've got three stud running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs, and Nick Chubb. Uh, my wide receiver options right here aren't that strong. The best wide receiver available would be Allen Robinson coming off 124 receptions last year. Uh, I, I like him in Pittsburgh, especially with Nick Foles there. I could think about taking Zach Ertz, he's available, or I could say screw it and go with Melvin Gordon and just have studs at running back, uh, which is very possible. But I have to do the smart thing and grab a, a strong wide receiver one, which will be Allen Robinson. Yeah, bear down. That's probably the right pick. Yeah. All right, Ted. There's one of yep. those teams that I'm really intrigued by this year. Yeah. Dull. And Al Robinson is one of those players that I'm people. never intrigued by, ever. 
Uh, Even though he, he produced, but yeah, is is he I goes know. in that same exact category, or is he he produces every year way above his star power? Uh, I don't think he's quite the star that Mike Evans is, but they're sort of similar in that way where like you forget they are there, but 124 catches later and you're like, okay, the, yeah. I can't bench this guy. It's like, he's scoring every week. All right. So as my, my final pick of the first four rounds, I got Alvin Kamara, Miles Sanders, Odell Beckham. So I got a boomer bust thing going on. So I'm going to roll with that. Let's see um, who can really like up the ante here. And I'm going to go with uh, another wide receiver in Tyler Lockett. Love that pick. I think that he fits in well. He maybe is a little bit more of a high floor guy than uh, the rest. Well, uh, I guess he can maybe have high floors, but I like Tyler Lockett in this, in just like in this youthful and sort of speed team I've got going on here where uh, I'm hoping to just like get a few 25, 30 point games out of these guys once or twice a year. And, pair those together like you said if three of them happen on a week i win the league or i win the week so tyler lockett love that uh that that's a really awesome pick i love both the receivers in seattle this year dk metcalf and tyler lockett i think they have a really good rapport with russell wilson and russell wilson wilson (laughs) russell wilson is just he's he's a stud at quarterback in seattle even when he has no weapons he the offense runs through him no matter what and he's just He's just awesome. Um, so sitting here with the second team, I've got a pretty well-balanced team, very similar to team six with uh, Ted. Uh, I have a good running back, really good receiver, and an awesome tight end. So I'm probably going to want to double up on either my running back position or my wide receiver position. But looking at the wide receivers and the running backs, uh, there's there's some question. DJ Moore is still on the board who we all know I'm not at high on. Melvin Gordon is available. He's probably my top choice. Chris Carson is there. I don't like Chris Carson in Seattle, especially with the addition of Carlos Hyde that they made this offseason. Zach Ertz and A.J. Brown are potential. I could double up on tight ends, like having uh, two of the top tight ends in the NFL. That's intriguing. But Dallas Goddard is in Philadelphia, which uh, you know takes a lot of the target share away from Zach Ertz. So I have to do the smart thing here and just take A.J. Brown, who I think is going to have a very good year um, with Tennessee. He averaged over 20 yards per catch last year uh, as a rookie. And going into next year, having, um, you know, Derrick Henry there, obviously Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, he's going to see plenty of opportunities and the play action game is going to work really well for that speedster. Yeah, I think some people might be surprised at at that, but he came on so strong last year and then just another – you know, whatever this offseason is, but just another year with uh, with Tannehill is only gonna it's only gonna benefit him. He's a he's a bona fide he's a bona fide player and, and worthy of a of a fourth round pick. Um, so here now, uh, back at the turn, I'll get two picks, but we'll just pick one. So I got McCaffrey, Gurley, and Kenny Galladay, um, who are all you know they you know those are all pretty high ceiling guys. Um, Melvin Gordon, I'm I'm concerned about Philip Lindsay. Um, DJ Moore, I'm also just not that high on, maybe to my own detriment. Zach Ertz, as you mentioned, Dallas Goddard is there. And I feel like, you know, maybe when it comes back around, I don't know if uh, Darren Waller is going to be there, but he might be. But I also like a lot of uh, sleeper tight ends late. Um, so I, I'm com- com- comfortable waiting on that position. Um, Cortland Sutton, Calvin Ridley, Mark Andrews, Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. 
Uh, I'm going to take a guy uh, who I know will put up points. Um, I'm sure I can get a quarterback later, um, but maybe I'm also just taking him here so we can talk about him as Dak Prescott. Um, Because I think he's going to have an excellent season under Mike McCarthy. All he got was CeeDee Lamb um, to uh, to increase um, his his uh, his passing options. Um, And he's going to be super motivated this year because, um, you know, because of all the contract uh, disputes. So I'm I'm really high on Dak Prescott. I think fourth, fifth round. He's he's probably not going to be around when he comes back 19 picks later. Um, So I don't I don't mind reaching for him just a little bit uh, here and taking Dak. So now you got Dak. Christian McCaffrey, Gurley, and, and Kenny Galladay. So um, I feel like that's a pretty good core to, to work around. In particular, the fact that you have the next pick, like maybe yeah. you would have used the first one on a, on a different guy and then, and, then, and then Dak, but like you will still get another running back or wide receiver or tight end to fill out your roster. And right. it, with, with Dak in there, I, I like it a lot. Like fourth round is probably a little early, but this is the last pick. And really you could look at it as the first pick in the fifth round knowing that you won't have the pick for 19 more. So. Yeah. I think the, you know, yeah, the pick after there is a, is a wide receiver running back probably. And there's some, there's some decent options might be a reach, but there's, there's some options. Right. But why not lock down on quarterback? I think that we kind of discussed uh, even in just like actual being a quarterback and winning football games perspective, like Prescott is kind of that number three, four with Watson, um, and then it's sort of a drop off from there yep. as far as the QB position goes. Um, yeah. And at least in our league, like this is the time when, when there's a run on quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, so, that, so there's no way that Prescott makes it back uh, to me in the, in the six or whatever. Yeah. Especially with Jackson and Mahomes off the board. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's FOMO. It's fear of missing out. So a lot of teams, a lot of owners who are playing fantasy, they'll just be like, Oh my God like three quarterbacks just went off the board. Like I, I got to take one now, which if, if, if I could give advice to anyone, it's don't panic, especially when it comes to quarterback FOMO, you'll be fine because there are plenty of other ones down there. If it comes to a position like running back, get a running back. Definitely be scared if running backs are flying off the board because there's not a whole lot of talent in the later rounds for running backs. So be scared of that. But quarterbacks, you can easily wait because the difference between a Dak Prescott and let's say a, a, a Tom Brady in the grand scheme of things will probably end up being maybe 20 points. So just to pick lot. your, to pick your brain a little bit, guys, um, we just talked about AJ Brown. I got another AJ maybe to throw at you here. Um, AJ green uh, still, you know, obviously on the board and could be a reach for the next couple of rounds. But, um, and since we're always talking about value at the quarterback position, um, Joe Burrow coming in, what are we thinking um, on that connection, possibly a resurgence for AJ green? Are we thinking high on the uh, Bengals or what thoughts on them? I think somebody's going to get them here in the mid rounds, five, yeah. six, maybe seven. Um, I think people have forgotten about him because of his injuries the last few years yeah. and because the Bengals have stunk. Um, but whoever gets him in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, probably sixth or seventh round, um, is going to feel really, really good about that. That said, you only need to talk to people who have drafted AJ Green the last few years to see how that plays out <laughs> by the end of the year. Yeah, no, I, I've been stung by that myself. But uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I think, um, I mean, Joe Burrow is one of those guys I, I – I imagine somebody will pick him up late just on a flyer because you, you don't know what he's going to produce. But I, from yeah. everything that I've seen from that kid in, in college, just doing everything right and just playing 
unbelievably well in the biggest spotlight, you know, the best game, the the biggest pressure games against the the most athletic defenses. The kid just been a stunner. So he's a true gamer. And honestly, I feel bad for Ted, but I mean, luckily enough, the Steelers have a very good defense to, to compete with that. But let's talk about the Bengals wide receiving core here for a second. Okay. Obviously AJ green, who we know who he is, right? He's going to come back. He had a year off. He's going to be healthy. He's when he's healthy, he's one of the best wide receivers the NFL has ever seen as far as talent. Maybe the numbers aren't always there, but he is a true talent at wide receiver. They've had Tyler Boyd who over the last two, three seasons has turned into a very solid number two wide receiver. I mean, he, he posted back-to-back thousand yard seasons and he's, he's been a baller even without AJ green, on the opposite side of him. So that just shows you that he can take over as a true uh, X receiver, uh, which is the number one wide receiver spot. Um, so you have them. They drafted T Higgins, who was a very talented wide receiver at Clemson. And we've seen Clemson put out just wide receiver after wide receiver in the NFL over the last couple of years, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams, um, whatever I'm off the top of my head. I can't remember the other guys, but you know, so you add him into the mix and let's not forget about John Ross, who by the way, is one of the fastest human beings in the NFL. And before he got hurt last year, he's, he had like two multiple touchdown games and we just lost Connor. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But John Ross is, has game breaking speed. And if he can stay healthy, which he hasn't been able to do over the last couple seasons, he's going to score touchdowns, which he's proven in a few games over the last couple seasons. Um, and then you have, uh, who's that guy? Alex something, that little white kid. Uh, he, he's even shown flashes of talent. Now they did lose Tyler Eifert, but Joe Mixon's there. Giovanni Bernard, who's an excellent pass catcher. Connor's back. What's um, that tight end's name? Uh, CJ Uzuma. Yeah, he's not a bad player. Yeah. He's a pretty good player. Um, so that offense at the skill position is very set you have huge question mark on the offensive line. Um, they drafted Jonah Williams in 2018. So he comes back healthy after missing the entire season last year. Uh, but that offense has a potential to, to do some good things, I would say. And that like, just as a, a team wide thing, they brought over a bunch of players from the uh, defensive players from the Vikings. Um, exactly. So um and we, I don't which you we, would think Mike Zimmer's still coaching the Bengals, but yeah, you know, right. He's not. Um, we don't necessarily know yet how Zach Taylor is going to be as a as a coach, uh, but I think we'll find out pretty soon this year because he has enough talent um, to to be to be competitive. Um, you know, I, I think Joe Burrow is a rare rookie in that he might be able to uh, compete right away uh, because he was playing in that pro style offense and because he is so talented. I mean, because he has so many talented people around him. Um, so I think we'll learn a lot about Zach Taylor this year. Yeah, in, in most scenarios, I'd be super high on the idea of uh, A.J. Green sort of coming in and seeing, like, we, I mean, we spent the first overall pick on a quarterback that has every ability to be a transcendent talent in this league and sort of, like, really sort of mentoring him as just as far as, like, how the locker room works and, like, sort of getting in his ear early and telling building that chemistry. I think that, like, if anyone's going to do it, it would be a guy who has been around. He's, what, 31, 32 now, um, which, you know, on the flip side has a little bit of concern. Like, does he still have the speed that he used to have? Like, is like where, where is he really going to be? The thing that, like, um, I still have question marks about 
and, and maybe I'm perceiving him incorrectly, but like, I don't think Andy Dalton was really the problem. Like, I don't think that their quarterback play was so bad as many of these like first overall pick quarterbacks come and supplant someone who is just not doing anything like hurting their team and not just sort of like keeping them alive. Uh, Dalton has proven over the last 10 years to not be the exceptional talent and maybe he needs a better system. Um, and if that's the case, well then like I, I sure hope Burrow is or else he's walking into a system or a offense or something that's just like not, doesn't foster wins. Um, I don't know. The Bengals are a little bit of an anomaly to me. I feel like they've underperformed based on the, the talent they have on their roster, even on both sides of the ball. I do think that Burrow is probably an upgrade. He's got a little bit more spark than Dalton anyway, at this point. Um, and it's just sort of a changing of the guard. It's got that like uplifting appeal. I think that the locker room feels it like this is the dawning of a new era that could be yeah. hopefully 15 years, but I don't know. Yeah. I- it's tough. Like their their offensive line isn't great. I mean, and that's even you know Joe Mixon is, is still a thousand yard rusher, um, but their offensive line has been a weak spot. Um, their defense historically has been a weak spot. So they're probably a year or two away from competing uh, for the AFC North uh, crown, and they'll probably invest a lot in the offensive line and their defense and in, in subsequent drafts. Um, but I, I I agree. Andy Dalton wasn't you know wasn't the problem. Even when they were making their playoff runs, people wanted to blame Andy Dalton for it. Um, because they had a pretty good defense and they had AJ Green, uh, but they didn't have as much support um, around him as you know as Joe Burrow will have um, will have now. So you're right; it's not, it's not going to be like a magic bullet. It's not going to be like a perfect fix just to plug Joe Burrow in there. Um, but um, you know, talent. You know, th- I think the talent speaks for itself. So they they will be another one of those teams that's exciting but may not win a ton of games. I don't think it's necessarily all about the talent. I think one thing that the Bengals have lacked over the last couple of years with Andy Dalton. And this is not a knock on Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, because I think he's very talented as a quarterback, but what I never saw out of him was that fire, that real passion uh, to really rally everyone behind him. And Joe Burrow, you've seen it through college and you've seen it now kind of early in the NFL, at least the way that he talks, he's got a fire lit under his ass. Right. And he is a true competitor. I think, Everyone in that locker room is going to rally behind this kid, especially with the resume that he brings to the locker room. Uh, And they're just going to get behind him. He's going to be a leader early and often. That's why they got Andy Dalton out of town as soon as they drafted him. Uh, So he's the guy. I mean, this is probably the closest situation that we've had in a long time to Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts when they brought him in, where it was really such a defunct organization. Uh, And then you bring in a quarterback who can really – change the culture uh, within the locker room and within the organization to, to really become winning. You may see him struggle early on like Peyton Manning did. Peyton Manning still has the most interceptions as a rookie quarterback, I believe. Um, so y- you could see something like that out of Joe Burrow, but don't be quick to write him off and just say, oh, it's a failed experiment. I also Is that enough think- Bengals talk for you? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, Teddy, can we open it up for every like division rival? Um, I would like to go back to the Browns if we could. Actually, next would be the Baltimore Ravens, but I don't think we want to get Ted started uh, no. on them. No, I don't know what they're gonna do with Lamar Jackson. God, that guy stinks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, why? I, I still don't know why they let Joe Flacco go. <laughs> yeah. 
Anywho. Okay, so let's let's round this whole thing out because we're getting a little long in the tooth here. So one thing that we did last week as a test run for this whole live format is we kind of went through each one of our teams that we picked uh, and which team that we feel we were most comfortable with and maybe least comfortable with. So, uh, Ted, let's start it off with you. Which one of your teams you feel most comfortable with that you like most and which one of your teams you hate the most? So, uh, like, uh, my winner and my loser. Uh See, I actually kind of like all my teams. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a homer here. Um, I think that the team that I'm most excited about is got to be that the, my, my boomer bust team, which is Alvin Kamara, Miles Sanders, Odell Beckham, and Tyler Lockett. I, this could all go to hell <laughs> really fast, um, but that's like – there's a lot of star power there, and the, any one of those I feel like could be 1,500-yard seasons in, in their respective categories. Um, so that's my favorite team. Uh, I'll, we could, let's go around on those first, I think. Sure. All right. Um, I would say my favorite team is, um, the, the balance team. So it's Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Juju Smith-Schuster and Keenan Allen. Those are four players who have all been top 10 in their position for more than one, uh, maybe not Aaron Jones, but he came off a phenomenal season last year, top 10 in their position, uh, for more than, for more than one season. Um, all of their fortunes are looking up. Um, maybe you can say Keenan Allen with Tyra Taylor, but I don't, I don't view it that way. Um, Juju gets Ben back. Fournette gets Jay Gruden as the offensive coordinator. No, but no competition in the backfield. Um, and then Aaron Jones just has, just has another year in Matt LaFleur system. He only caught 50 balls last year. You have to assume that's going to go up. Um, so I feel like, I feel like those are pretty, like those are four pretty no fail guys. Uh, Jones, Fournette, Juju, and Keenan Allen like that uh my favorite team is almost eerily similar to my actual fantasy team that i had last year julio jones tyree kill and patrick mahomes were all three starters that i had on my team last year unfortunately patrick mahomes missed two or three games tyree kill missed four or five games so i never really got to see the true potential but for for that pair all four of those guys even including Le'Veon bell those are just must watch players. And that would make Sundays really exciting. You're engaged Uh, just four players. You only have to watch three games, which is also pretty exciting um, and easier on, on yourself. But uh, I I think the potential of that team is, is, is huge. So Ted, we'll, we'll get back to you. Who's, who's your loser. My loser is going to be team nine. Uh, which is Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Amari Cooper, and David Johnson. Uh, all of these players feel a little like, yeah, but. Mm. Um, and that's not uh, a way to feel <laughs> after your first four <laughs> rounds. Uh, and like, and really it goes down to the honorable mention uh, by comparison, the other choice is a team I almost made is my favorite. Michael Thomas, Kenyon Drake, George Kittle, and James Conner is just like, yeah, <laughs> like that, that team feels good to me, even though it's not as exciting to watch on Sunday as team three is, but uh, team nine's like, mm, I don't know, Henry, but he doesn't catch passes and Eckler, but like, does he, can he be durable enough? And David Johnson, but like what happened last year and Amari Cooper, but like, he faded off. He faded off too. Like the, all these players could like fade into oblivion real quick. 
Yeah. Um, my my least favorite team is right next to that teammate. That's Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, and Cooper Cup. Um, and they it it could be a fine team. I like I personally like I just felt like I was picking by default at the, at those mm-hmm. at those uh, slots. Like pick eight just sucks um, because you're like you're not getting your favorite guy, and then you also don't want to reach for like the guy who who you really like. Um, and so yeah, I think Devontae Adams is going to have a great year. Mike Evans should, Cooper Cup should, Joe Mixon always does, but I'm just not that like outside of Devontae, I'm, I'm just not that excited about any of those players. I'm, I'm kind of right with you, Matt. Number four is also a pretty tough spot to be in compared to number eight because a lot of the top running backs are off the board and you just kind of feel like pressured into taking one of those guys uh, just because you, you don't want to reach for another guy at that spot. Uh, and another thing I don't like to do with my teams is focus solely on one position where I drafted three running backs in the first three rounds. There's no balance there. Uh, luckily I got Allen Robinson, who's a very serviceable wide receiver, but Ezekiel Elliott, is going to get points. Josh Jacobs is going to get points. Nick Chubb is going to get points. I should feel very confident about that, but me personally, I like more balance in my team. And at that point, uh, it just, it, it was lacking, uh, that, that balance for me. Um, so I'd, I'd probably go with that team as my least favorite. Yeah. You would hope there that maybe a guy that's, different than Allen Robinson, a wide receiver that, that's different than Allen Robinson falls to you. Like um, a Cooper Cup, I would have been a lot yeah, more right. confident with. Which which very well could happen in a real draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's uh Connor, what do you think about the auto draft? Uh as you can kind of weigh on in on that. And I honestly think the auto draft did pretty well. Uh yeah, I was just gonna say that's probably one of my more like favorite teams that's on here. Like um I mean Me Michael too. Thomas stud uh Kittle as far as I don't want to say he's he's not no, like the wait oh no I'm sorry Dalvin Cook DeAndre Hopkins yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so yeah. so um and not Kittle I like my team too there. <laughs> I hate George Kittle James Connor <laughs> stupid pick um no uh L- Lamar Jackson I just think he's the, uh, really really yeah. for me super, like coveted like I, I just think I know Mike said that it's it's ridiculous to kind of assume that somebody's going to either you know equal or top what they produced last season when they have uh, this this radical uh, MVP type uh, campaign. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he seems like he's got a good team in place, and 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 it's not like you can uh, you know kind of what to expect from them. But it's really tough to game plan for a guy like that, and I I, I think he's going to put up a shitload of points. If there's so a guy. If there's a guy who's going to repeat, it could be Lamar Jackson just because of how effective of a runner he is and how many yeah. he scores. And he's yeah, and frankly, like, before. you never know how they're going to adapt as far as, you know, um, what uh, Harbaugh is going to do, especially after the disappointing, like, uh, that playoff run. Um, so, I and, and Dalvin Cook and John Drew, I mean, you've got guys that have potential to just be, you know, absolute studs. I, obviously, you know. Hopkins being a little bit of a question mark moving uh, to a new team. Um, but, uh, and, and Thielen is just a consistent producer. Um, I think he's, you know, really good player. So I, I kind of look at that, that auto draft team and I'm, I'm looking at these other teams that you jabronis picked and um, I'm kind of feeling pretty good about it. So I'm going to go. Yeah. I think it's fair. Yeah. yeah I'm looking at the auto draft is that is a very well balanced team, which is, you know, what I just talked about. 
you have Dalvin Cook, who is a top running back in the NFL. You have two top wide receivers, and you have a top quarterback who, guess what, was also number six or seven in rushing last year. Right. So essentially, you have two running backs, a quarterback, and two top wide receivers. That's five players and four picks. So that's, I mean, there's, but that's there's an no interesting, question there. A good point, uh, and I think that's the issue with this team right now is, like we said, like the, it's two running backs, but it's not. There's zero, there's only one, and you have to roster. I mean, in our league, luckily, it's one running back and a bunch of flexes. Flex, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and running back is Dalvin Cook, who's got some holdout threat, sort of un- underscoring it. So this is the sort of team where you're like, you just plan on spending 50 like draft dollars or uh, free agent dollars on whatever running back gets hurt, you get that handcuff. Um, or you got to like draft three running backs right now, get Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, he's been on the board. He's sitting there, like take a flyer yeah. on someone like that. But like, you have to fill out that running back position as like, cause your team looks awesome, but you're going to be hurt so bad. If Dalvin cook, isn't the guy you want him to be. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it just goes to show you that draft position doesn't necessarily matter that much because our favorite teams are three, five, ten, and then auto draft was seven. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's just kind of all over, all over the board and, and not neither of the first two picks, which everybody covets. Yeah. It, it's, it's just tough. There's, there's so much pressure if you're picking early, uh, it, especially in a complete redraft league uh, for, for us, you know, we do keepers obviously. So it's a little bit different, but it, there's so much pressure, especially if you're picking in the first three, it's like, you really have to get that pick because there's so much talent, like on that bottom side of the board. Uh, and especially like on that swing, personally, I love picking towards the end because, you know, you, you can get two star players, like essentially back to back and really have a solid core to your team. Yeah. yeah you're you able to implement Antonio more strategy. David Johnson. <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely that. <laughs> Yeah, it, it almost like there are picks that are better than other picks, but they you don't know where they're going to happen on the draft board. Exactly. It really depends on like on how the, the talent shakes out, like at the moment you're drafting, like how people have been doing even in the preseason and stuff up to that point. And then also just how like the other people in your draft are, are picking. You never know mm-hmm. like when that run's going to happen. And if you happen to like be right after a run of four or five receivers and all of a sudden a solid running back, you know, falls to you in the second round, like, good good on you it doesn't matter you picked eighth there and second overall or whatever like it's yeah there's there isn't a better spot honestly yeah Uh, yeah do some research know who you're playing with uh and know who you're drafting with essentially because you can easily as matt alluded to uh earlier with uh one of the picks i knew that he was high on a guy so i want to steal his thunder a little bit because I knew he'd be gone if I let him go past me at the end of the second round with Chris Godwin. Um, you don't want to miss out on talent and let that talent go somewhere else. It's just like the NFL, right? If I know Matt's picking after me, who has won the last four out of seven league championships, mm-hmm. right? I, I got to try and keep talent out of his roster. Uh, and if I don't, then, then I failed at drafting, honestly. Yep. Even if it means you have two stud tight ends, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you got to a flex position, and that's a defensive move too. Yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong just picking the most talented player or the highest ceiling guy on the board. Just go, just like go with your gut. Don't overthink it or try like balance your roster because your roster is going to change so much over the course of the right. season. 
Yeah. And when I drafted Aaron Jones, I just <laughs> predicted that Matt would try and come in. He downplayed him like the whole time. And he said, I think he's got an injury problem. I think he's going to stink. He did have an injury oh, problem. And I did think he was going to stink. <laughs> I don't know how sold you were on all that you, the, uh, the, the negative things that you were saying about Aaron Jones. So, well, I mean, that just he might be a keeper. He, he had an, he had injury concerns going into last year. They had a new coach going to last year. Those are all things we just kind of throw out to like knock a guy, but it could yeah. just be like a great thing. Like, yeah, he's finally healthy now and he's in the right yeah. system now. Right. <laughs> like yeah. those, you could just spin anything any way you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of the NFL. There's so much stuff to talk about. So many different schemes, different matchups, defenses, everything like that. So, you know, it is what it is, but uh, I think now's a good point as any, cut it off we've ran a little long but that's good we had some pretty good conversation um so uh thank you to everyone who watched thank you guys for being here this was a great conversation connor thank you for keeping us in line and on time um <laughs> that didn't work think, we ran long sorry guys oh man no 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 no, no. c plus on, on time with the uh the minute drafting <laughs> yeah, i think yeah, that was yeah, really good um, i would like to personally uh, I think we continue this draft next week, do five through eight. I think that'd be a good start and uh, stay consistent with our schedule. Uh, be back here next week, nine o'clock, Wednesday. Sounds good. All right, we'll do that. Thank you to everyone who watched. Thank you guys for, uh, you know, doing this. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. See you guys. See you. All right, cheers. <laughs>